0: Well, you have a new salsa you like, Angela. You can tell everybody.
1: I do. You guys need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. I had their medium salsa, which was so good. Well, I don't want to confuse people, but I had the Green Mountain Gringo hot sauce. Oh, yeah? How's the hot
0: sauce? Very good.
1: Did you know they also make their own tortilla chips?
0: I didn't know that. Yes,
1: they use stone ground, all-natural, yellow corn flour, and sea salt. Ugh. Ugh. Come on.
0: Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24.
1: And don't forget to check out their backside. Shopping for your first home or a
0: new home can be really overwhelming You want to make sure that you have the right resources.
1: And that's why Homes.com is home shopping the way it should be. Here's what I like about it. You get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Because Homes.com's comprehensive neighborhood details, you get all the in-depth details, guides, videos, unbiased insight from a variety of sources. That is very
0: useful. Mm -hmm. There's also detailed school information I mean, really detailed stuff like test scores, student to teacher ratios, so that you can have the info you need to find the right school for your kids in the neighborhoods you're looking at.
1: Also, having the right real estate agent can make or break your home search. And Homes.com's agent directory and profiles offer a detailed look at each agent's experience so you can find out your perfect match. And Homes.com features the listing agent on each listing, so you can easily connect with them without having to scramble to find contact info.
0: Plus, Homes.com's unique collaboration tools let you connect, share, and search for homes with ease all in one place. Go to Homes.com to learn more. We've done your homework. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you.
1: Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office ladies.
0: Welcome, welcome. It's stress relief, part
1: two. Part du. Oh, is that? We're going to be very refined today. <laughs> Part dos. Oh, do third language. Any more. Indonesian. Part dua. We are a classy show.
0: <laughs> this is season five, episode 15, written by Paul Lieberstein, directed by Jeffrey Blitz. Let me give you a summary. Last week, if you remember, Dwight took matters into his own hands when his co workers failed to pay attention to his fire safety seminar. He did a big fire drill.
1: He like trapped us in a burning building.
0: He did. Stanley had a heart attack. Dwight was in hot water with corporate. We have that. Right. This week, Michael learned that he was the source of Stanley's stress, not Dwight, not the fire drill. And so he thinks the best thing to do is to throw a roast.
1: Like an old school roast, For right?
0: himself. Right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Where we all roast
0: him and until we're jokes laughing. at his expense. Yeah,
1: drinking. Like Dean Martin. Yeah. This yeah. is Friars
0: Club. This yeah. is going to be his comic relief moment. Meanwhile, Jim is still embroiled in these marital issues that Pam's parents are having. Pam's dad has been staying with Jim and Pam And Pam, at the end of the last episode, said, Jim, will you talk to my dad?
1: Oh, Pam. Find out what's going on. That's the worst. (laughs) Like, Pam, will you go talk to my parents? Yeah. I can't do it. You go do it.
0: (laughs) I cannot imagine asking Lee to go talk to my parents about their marriage. Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine? No. That would be so weird.
1: I know. Incidentally,
0: my dad's name is Jim.
1: Does the world know that? Because is someone out there right now being like,
0: what? And my brother-in-law's name is Dwight. Yes! Do you guys know this? And my niece's name is Cece.
1: And her best friend is named Angela.
0: What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I think we mentioned this fact in an earlier podcast, but it is interesting. All right. Also last week, I want to remind everyone that this episode played after the Super Bowl. It was a super big deal.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And the network wanted big-name stars, and our show was like, hey, no, we don't do that. Not at this moment. And so we had this whole little movie playing out. So that's going on, too.
0: Yeah. Jim and Pam and Andy are watching this pirated movie that stars Jack Black, Jessica Alba, and Cloris Leachman.
1: What happening?
0: I think we caught you up.
1: Yeah, you're caught up.
0: Fast fact number one, Jeff Blitz won an Emmy for directing this episode. Yeah. And he deserves it. He does. This was complicated.
1: So, Jeff Blitz has been on our show before. We love him. I mean, I literally love Jeff Blitz. I know.
0: I love him as a human being. I love love him him as a a director. Mm -hmm. I would also like you to know that our editors, Mm -hmm. Dean Holland and Dave Rogers, were also nominated for an Emmy for this episode.
1: They deserve it.
0: Dean edited the first half of the episode with the whole fire drill, and Dave edited the second with the roast, which is what we will be talking about today. Fast fact number two, we had a fan question about The Roast. Okay. Jessica K. and Claire R. asked, who wrote the jokes for Michael's Roast? Did the cast help? Was it the writers? Was any of it improvised? Short answer is, The Roast was totally scripted. Yeah. We, as actors, did not participate in writing these jokes about one another. These were all written. All written. And I found out who pitched. This part of the story, the idea of the roast. Who? It is none other than the man behind Princess Unicorn, Halstead Sullivan. (laughs) Oh, really? Halstead told me that they had the CPR storyline for the first half of the episode, and they needed something for the second half. So he told the writer's room that when he was growing up in Atlanta, his father was president of a medical school, and every year— The medical students would put on a show, and it was like kind of like a Follies show, Mm -hmm. and they would do skits where they imitated their professors. He said the audience loved it. The professors, not so much.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think Michael thinks everyone doesn't like me because I'm this jerk. They think I'm a jerk boss, right? Yeah. So here's your chance, guys. Have at it. You know, roast me, say whatever you want. I love that he's like, make fun of, you know, how great I look in shoulder pads or.
0: Also, traditionally, roasting kind of started with the Friars Club, I believe. And it was a great honor to be the person being roasted. Oh, yeah. It meant something. It was a position of status. And so I think that's another thing that is playing off Michael right now, which is that he's going to be an honoree.
1: Yeah, This is a big deal. You guys are so lucky. You get to roast me.
0: Speaking of roasts, you know, Comedy Central has kind of taken over where the Friars Club left off, and they do these roasts of people every year. The Bruce Willis roast is real good. Mm -hmm. But in particular, Ed Norton roasts Bruce Willis. I was like rolling tears, streaming down my face. It is such a good roast. When we were prepping this episode, it came to my mind. I went back and I watched it twice. I wish I could play it. It's way too long.
1: Oh, it's I want to so see good. it. I want to see it. Check it out. The first time I saw Amy Schumer was on a Comedy Central roast, and she was so funny. And there were a few dudes that were like kind of throwing her shade, and she just decimated them.
0: <laughs> wow. All right, moving along. Fast fact number three, Cloris Leachman.
1: Cloris freaking Leachman.
0: We told you there's this mini-movie, and Cloris Leachman is one of the stars. She kills it in this mini-movie. Legend, legend. I mean, incredible. I needed to do a little breakdown of Cloris Leachman. Here it is. Cloris Leachman was born in Des Moines, Iowa. Midwesterner.
1: Did not know that.
0: As a child, she performed at the Des Moines Little Theater. Then she won a special scholarship to study broadcast drama at Northwestern. She stayed there for a while, but then she returned to Des Moines to finish high school. Then she returned to Northwestern with a theater scholarship this time. But she dropped out, again, to enter a beauty contest. This beauty contest? Mm Mm-hmm. She eventually made her way to the 1946 Miss America pageant. What? She was in the Miss America pageant. For Iowa? I guess for Iowa. Wow. Wow. I'm not sure. Eventually, she moved to New York. She studied at the Actor's Studio. That's a big deal, acting school, guys. Then she made her Broadway debut in 1948 in a production called Sundown Beach. She became a household name when she was cast as Phyllis Lindstrom on The Mary Tyler Moore Show. And then she had her own spin off show, Phyllis. She won a Best Supporting Oscar for Peter Bogdanovich's The Last
1: Picture Show, Angela. Which was written by Larry McMurtry, who is from my hometown of Archer City, Texas, and they filmed it in Archer City. And it was written by, you know, Larry never officially claimed it, but folks in Archer City. So they'd be like, were you so-and-so? Did you sleep with that person? What's happening?
0: Oh, so people were like trying to figure out who Uh everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. Which person is Sybil Shepard? Which person yeah. is Floris Leachman? Yeah,
1: exactly. And Larry said it was inspired by, you know. hmm hmm
0: I don't know. I feel like there's some
1: woman named Doris who knows. <laughs> She's like, it was me. Jenna, I actually read The Last Picture Show a few years after I had left Archer City and I was in college. I was like, you know what? This is a book about my hometown. I want to read it. It's so great. It's a great read. It's a great
0: book and a great movie, is what you're saying. Yeah.
1: So I'm saying, don't skip the book on this one, guys.
0: Over the course of her career, she won a total of eight Emmys for both drama and comedy, by the way. She won a Daytime Emmy. She won a Golden Globe Award. And in 2008, at the age of 82, she was a contestant on season seven of Dancing with the Stars She was the oldest contestant to ever dance on Dancing with the Stars, and she was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in 2011. I mean, the legacy of this woman. Sadly, she passed away in 2021 at the age of 94, and she was on our show. I know. This legend.
1: Legend, amazing woman. Jenna, did you know I got to spend a little bit of time with Chloris?
0: Yes. Now, not during this episode.
1: Not during this episode. Because none
0: of us met these guys during this episode. No,
1: we didn't film when they were there, which was a bummer. But I ended up co-presenting an award at the 2012 Genesis Awards with Chloris. We were co-presenters. Oh, my gosh. We had to hang out backstage. I met her daughter, Dinah, who is lovely. They were the cutest mother-daughter duo, and then Cloris and I went out on stage together. We presented this award, and she truly was such a hoot. She, I think, was at the age in her life and in her career where she gave, as the kids say, zero Fs. Uh-huh. And then I would run into her and her daughter at different events, and we would say hi because we had formed this little connection. connection. Yeah. But anyway, she was just so fun and so full of life, and I'm so glad I just got to just interact with her those few times. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story, Ange.
0: Why don't we take a break and we'll come back and break down this episode. Okay, great. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to
1: warm up Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Your home is
0: your creative canvas. It can be an expression of your unique style, and
1: only Wayfair has everything you need to bring that vision to life. All right, we just got my daughter the cutest, cozy swivel chair, and it's like fuzzy, and it sits in the corner of her bedroom, and I love it.
0: Well, Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on big stuff like your fluffy chair, Ange. They'll even help you set it up. Every style is welcome in the Wayberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get
1: the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com, Wayfair, every style, every home. When you travel, do
0: you ever think like, oh no, I hope I locked up? Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe Home Security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the US News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer
1: Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like, is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know? I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit SimplySafe.com slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com. Slash office ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We start this episode with Pam being kind of upset. She's just gotten off the phone with her mom and she's going to go find Jim and say, hey, what did you say to my dad?
0: Yeah, her idea of having Jim talk to her dad did not go well. Apparently, her dad is now looking for an apartment and the divorce is on. It's happening. Pam gets really worried. She has this talking head where she says, what could Jim have said to make my dad want to leave my mom? And at what point in their marriage is Jim going to say this to her? She's spiraling. I think she's spiraling. Yeah. I mean, that's a big leap. That's a big jump. But she's upset. And she's scared, right? We had a fan question from Sally Kay. Was the divorce of Jim's parents a setup for the Michael-Helene relationship in season six? Helene is Pam's mom, everyone. No. This was crafted as a small representation of how our show had dramatic moments in addition to comedic ones. But because this aired after the Super Bowl, we wanted to stay away from existing storylines, so the writers had to create kind of like a brand new drama, but one that wouldn't go on to affect our regular characters too directly right
1: we didn't want anything in this episode to actually affect the character arcs and relationships that were set in place
0: yes so that was kind of why this storyline was crafted and i remember john and i really fighting for the drama of this like really saying no we want to play this real pam is really upset this isn't funny upset like i remember when i was shooting a three camera show I was supposed to get mad at one of the other characters and I was supposed to call him a jerk. I was supposed to say, You're a jerk. And the director came over to me and he said, I'm so sorry. This is three camera. Um, You need to do funny mad,
1: Mm -hmm. not
0: actual mad. You're doing
1: single camera mad. Yeah. Funny mad, funny sad.
0: He said, Maybe go up at the end. You're a jerk.
1: Yeah. And I was
0: like, oh, okay.
1: Or stomp your foot.
0: Yeah, something. Drop something
1: on your toe and then go, ow, you're a jerk. Ow.
0: Oh, see, this is why you were good at the three camera, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. So anyway, John and I were like, we're going to do real upset. And it's going to be okay because all the rest of the episode is going to have the comedy.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, the first three camera I did after The Office I played it really real and really quiet. It was a show called Hot in Cleveland. I was really excited to do it. Amazing actresses on that show. Craig Ferguson was a guest star. He was in there. And the director came over to me and was like, uh, could you talk faster, maybe louder? And could you lower your voice or something? I don't know. Can we get her like a like some glasses? <laughs> like Anything to make you, like, (laughs) a character or something. Comedic! Yeah. And Craig Ferguson started cracking up when the director walked away, and he was like, maybe get her a top hat, a patch, maybe a parrot for her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) And Wendy Malick was also in the scene, and she came over and said to me, and she called me Kid, which I loved. She goes, Kid, you got to sell it to the back row. This is multicam. I said, gotcha, got it, got it, okay. Yeah. (laughs) They did get me glasses, though. (laughs) They did? Were they funny? Funny! (laughs) Betty White did tell me I was funny, though. That was my takeaway.
0: Do you have any more stories about legends? You've got Cloris Leachman. You've got Betty White. We met Carol Burnett once.
1: Well, I didn't speak, though. Remember, I was too nervous.
0: I didn't speak either, but we stood next to her. I know, but Kate
1: Flannery talked to her, and we just stood there and smiled.
0: And then her and Kate got, like, a whole friendship going, I think. Uh, We were so, uh, uh, uh. We just need to go up to Carol Burnett laughing next time.
1: Oh, no.
0: I'm going to try that one again. Oh. I'm going to get that one out in the future.
1: You're going to bust it out. I am. All right. Where are we? Okay. Jim and Pam are playing Real Moments. Michael and Dwight are sharing a bottle of mini booze. Very tiny bottle. Jenna, this (laughs) is not the first time the tiny bottle of booze has been in an episode. When was the first time? All right. In the deleted scenes of The Duel... Michael is building up the courage to tell Andy and they're walking out to the car together and Michael hands him a mini bottle of booze out of his pocket in the elevator and goes drink this and then Andy's like I don't know I really like that okay fine and he like drinks it and he's like Ugh. and he's like Angela's sleeping with Dwight <laughs> like, so I think they have these little mini bottle of booze you don't start seeing them in deleted scenes till after they go to Canada and I wonder, I wonder if Michael took the mini bar stash. He
0: 100% did. Right? Of course. That's what I
1: wrote in my head anyway.
0: Or from the airplane. Yes. From first class. Yes. In this scene as they're sharing this mini bottle of booze, we are reminded that Dwight needs to get the signature of everyone in the office as an acknowledgement that they have accepted his apology for dismembering the CPR dummy last week.
1: I mean, how many apology notes is he going to have to have people sign? I don't know,
0: but he has to get everyone's
1: signature. He's having a hard time. That's the only thing that's stressing him out.
0: Well, this is when Michael gets his big idea. They should roast him. Mm Mm-hmm. This is great. He's going to bust into the bullpen. He's going to
1: announce... We're doing a roast. I want you to really go at me. Don't hold back. Yeah, you can comment on how fit I am or the fact that I'm a womanizer. He doesn't want to write the material for them, but he wants it to be good. Everyone is pretty excited. I mean, Kevin is like a giggly. (laughs) He's so excited. I liked Oscar's talking head. Say it. He was
0: like, listen, I'm a good person, but I am going to try to make Michael cry. (laughs) We had a fan catch from Samantha S. and Michelle S. Two people noticed this catch. Okay. If you're following along, starting with part two at 1 minute 15 seconds, Kelly is standing in front of the shelves and her notebook is closed. But in the very next shot, it is open and upside down. Oh, well, we missed (laughs) that one. Clearly, she's not really taking an inventory of anything.
1: Well, I have a question for you. What is it? Who is planning this roast? There's no party planning committee meeting. But I want you to know, in deleted scenes, I found this gym. Michael is having a meeting with Daryl in the warehouse. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, is Daryl in charge of this party because it's in the warehouse? So Michael is telling Daryl everything he needs. He says, I would like a stage. And Daryl points to a few wood pallets. Okay. And he's like, well, okay. And he goes, also, I need a big comfy chair or maybe a throne. That made me spit out my coffee. (laughs) Then he tells Daryl that he would like all the other roasters to be up on the stage too. Like, you know, the Comedy Central roast where they have the dais of other roasters up there. Yep. And Daryl's like looking at these tiny wood pallets, like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Then Daryl's like, who's going to be in the audience? And Michael's like, we're going to charge $10 a head.
0: Oh my God. For the audience. Who's coming to this? Yeah.
1: Who's coming to this? Then Michael's like, oh, also we need alcohol. Okay. You need lots of alcohol. And I'm going to need something to spit in for my spit takes. And, oh, he's and then,
0: planning out yeah. that this is going to be so funny. He's going to need yeah. to spit out his drink.
1: And Daryl's like, uh, you're not spitting in the warehouse. Then Dwight rushes in and he's got this 8 by 10 photo of Michael. And Michael's like, no, 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 no. I want this photo huge. It's got to cover like the whole back wall. Okay? Yeah. And then he says, I also want a drum and cymbal so I can do the ba dump bumps.
0: This is amazing because all of these things are going to appear
1: in the warehouse. Yes. So I'm thinking Daryl and Dwight planned this. They were the PPC for this event.
0: I don't want to give too much of a spoiler, but next week we're going to find out what happened to the PPC (gasps) and why there is no one in charge of party planning right now. Oh,
1: yeah. So So this was like
0: foreshadowing. A little bit. Well, I guess they set everything up and Dwight has a great idea. It's actually a great idea. It's brilliant. He tells everyone as they're entering that they have to sign in for the roast. hmm But what they're really signing is his apology, apology acknowledgement sheet.
1: Yes. But, but who catches it? Phyllis. So good. She's so good. She is just busting his butt through this whole episode. She will not sign. uh uh-uh. She's
0: not going to sign. She's the holdout. Yeah. Everyone takes their seats. Michael sits on his throne. And now the roast is going to begin.
1: Yeah. Should we take a break? I think we take a break and we come back with the roasting. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, plus the stuff you don't. Like gas. You can save on gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, take some guilt-free time on the couch because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. It's perfect for ordering new batteries for your remote
0: or maybe some more coffee when you notice that you're suddenly out or maybe snacks for
1: movie night. Plus, save on the actual movies with Paramount Plus subscription. You can stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls, Jenna. You can stream Mean Girls on Paramount Plus. Because savings is what the whole Walmart Plus membership is all about. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus. Plus, so much more. Start a 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. $35 order minimum. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big. Some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up. And it can start to affect us. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com OfficeLadies.
0: Okay, folks, the roast is on. Michael welcomes all these jerks.
1: Yeah. Who's first up? Who can't wait to get up there and roast Michael Scott? He can barely finish his sentence, and she's grabbing the microphone.
0: It's Angela Martin.
1: That's right. Jenna, I noticed something in re-watching this multiple times, like we do each yes. week. Is Angela Martin ripping off Jeff Foxworthy bits?
0: Yes. You know Angela Martin is a Jeff Foxworthy fan. She's.
1: I mean, listen. Listen to Jeff, and then listen to Angela.
2: If you've ever cut your grass and found a car,
1: <laughs> you might be a redneck. And now Angela... If you ever put sunblock on a window, you might be Michael Scott. (laughs) If you ever called the fire department because your head was stuck in your chair, you might be... Michael Scott! Yes! (laughs) She clearly is doing Jeff's bit.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: (laughs) When I rewatched that, I was like, oh my gosh, that had to be the writer's inspiration for Angela's comedic style. (laughs) I was very impressed... With how prepared Angela was. Prepared in her mic work. Like she took the mic off, waved it to the crowd for everyone to say Michael Scott. <laughs> she was into it. Next up is Kelly. And she does a list of who and what she would
0: rather kiss than Michael Scott.
1: All right. I got to jump in and just tell you guys there are so much extra stuff in the deleted scenes for the roast. We also find out Kelly has a second bit where she says she knows that Michael dyes his hair. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That one day it was raining, and his hair dye dripped onto her arm, and she color matched it, and Michael uses Clairol Natural Instinct's Midnight Black. (laughs) She does this whole other bit. (laughs) And then I think Meredith is the most depressing. She says, Michael, you are the reason I drink. You are the reason I live to forget. Yeah. Oof.
0: Oscar roasts Michael in Spanish. And he speaks very quickly. He has a lot to say. A
1: lot to say. Very passionate. There's so much more Oscar in the deleted scenes. First of all, he does multiple jokes in English before he gets to his Spanish roast. And I think we need to hear him.
2: The only man in the state of Pennsylvania who is less likely to get legally married than me is Michael Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Scott is so dumb. He thinks balancing a checkbook is putting a checkbook on his nose and shouting, Look at me! Look at me! Michael is so bad with money, he invested in Enron. Last week. Oh. Oh. That, was, that was privileged. Michael is the biggest idiot I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, sometimes I lay awake at night, I'm sure all of you do too, and wonder what the hell did I do to deserve a boss like this?
1: <laughs> I mean... Oh my gosh. He just calls him an idiot.
0: Oh my gosh. Michael is kind of realizing that maybe this wasn't as fun as he thought it would be, but things are in motion now. Yeah. And everyone can't wait to get up on stage. Toby tries to have a turn, but Michael
1: shoots him down. (laughs) Yeah, he says, only friends, friends only. And then there is a deleted scene, Jenna, where Oscar brings a cell phone up on stage because Jan, who isn't there, has decided to call in so she can roast Michael. Amazing. All right, we got to hear it. Well,
0: Michael, you ruined my life. Okay,
1: okay? everything you touch turns to crap. Okay, you have no sense of how to please any woman. I I can't believe that once you wrote a phone message on my diploma, and you used my daughter's christening gown as a bib. When you ate ribs, I mean, you're just you're you're just completely an ass, Michael. You're an ass.
0: (sighs) Okay, I have to say. Clearly, the writers had a lot of fun writing this roast, because in addition to all these deleted scenes, remember last week when I said our candy bag for this episode was 207 pages?
1: Are all jokes? (laughs) Were they all roasting
0: jokes? They are almost all (laughs) alternate roast jokes. Well, I do- Pages and pages and pages.
1: Oh, my gosh. I do remember, Jenna, that people got up multiple times.
0: Oh, yeah. They just kept handing us stuff to go say in the candy bag- they had all these alts for Jan when she called in. So in addition to this deleted one, oh, this one really please cheer. stuck out to me. She says, It only took one night of misguided drunken passion with Michael to ruin my entire life. I would have been better off if he'd just given me syphilis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> well, now Jim is going to get up. And he's going to, I guess, list all of the sayings that Michael has butchered.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Spider-face. Oh, my gosh. Dwight is feeling bad for Michael, so he hops up on stage to defend him, right? Yeah. And Michael's like, idiot, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And then Dwight snaps and is like, what, you're calling me an idiot? Like he's up there trying to defend him. He's like, You're just a small, pathetic little man. You have no friends, no family, and no land. And he walks off stage, and everyone cheers.
0: <laughs> well, now it's Pam's turn. I remember so clearly shooting this. I remember because after roasting him about falling for internet scams and being lazy at work, I had to say that Michael's penis is
1: small. I mean,. This is the ultimate nail in the coffin of the roast for Michael in particular. I mean, Michael, who's like, I know, thinks he's like the womanizer.
0: Because remember, in an earlier episode, Pam knocked on the door and Michael said, come in. And he did not have his clothes on. And Pam was like, why did you say come in? He was changing
1: for fun run.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So Pam is going to call that back and she's going to make a joke at his expense we did this a few ways that we started by having me just say it on the stage, but then they thought this is kind of a low blow, right?
1: Yeah. And it's bold for Pam. It
0: is. So they were like, let's try this one on the move.
1: Yeah. Like a throwaway.
0: Exactly. And so that's what ended up making it into the episode.
1: And then we have an old tech alert that helps you really just punch them one more time.
0: Oh yeah. Everyone's like, how small is it? And then Pam says, if it were an iPod, it'd be a shuffle. Do some people even know that joke? Do they even get that joke?
1: Do people still have iPods? It was a big deal. We were so excited to have our iPods with all of our music on it.
0: Just music.
1: Only music, guys.
0: And they came in different sizes, and shuffle was the smallest. Yeah, and
1: you could get a tiny one and like clip it on your like armband and go running. I never did that because I don't run, but. Um, you could have. You could have. It looked cool. Yeah. With your headphones. That had a cord that had to go to it. So you couldn't pump your arms too hard.
0: No. No. Oh, how many times did I just yank that cord out of my Uh, iPod? I know. Because I was gesturing. Not exercising. I'm so sorry. Please don't get the wrong idea. I was gesturing wildly.
1: (laughs) Well, now Daryl's going to come up. And this one was really cringy. Daryl says, Michael, you always say we're family, right? Yep. So if you're family, you know everyone's names. What's that guy's name? And he points to a warehouse employee. And Michael clearly doesn't know his name. And it's so awkward. His name is Michael. And not only is his name Michael, but Michael gave him a car ride home and they were in traffic for like an hour together. Awkward. But really, what rounds it all out is everyone singing What I Hate About You.
0: Yeah. Andy gets up.
1: Yeah, he's written the song. We have it. We gotta hear it.
2: What I is a ball yeah. you're the loosiest jerkiest and you're dumber than applesauce we're stuck listening to you all day stanley tried to die just to get away Well, it's true that's what i hate about you that's what i hate about you
0: that was so amazing <laughs> it was so amazing on the day we were all singing <laughs> I want you guys to know, people have asked, you know, Ed did not write those lyrics. That was written by our writers. Ed figured out how to play the song on the guitar, but that was scripted. It was so good.
1: So good. But you know what? Our writers could throw Ed anything, and I felt like he just was like, done.
0: I mean, that's a good thing to have. It is. Secret weapon.
1: Secret weapon.
0: Well, guys, Michael isn't happy.
1: It looks like he might cry.
0: And then the next day, the phone rings, and Pam says, Michael's not in the office. Michael didn't come to work. No. He's so depressed. Dwight says it's very unusual for Michael not to show up. He is either depressed, or maybe he's been impaled by an icicle. He does have a terrible habit of standing underneath them, staring up at them, despite Dwight's many warnings.
1: Many warnings. The gang is in the break room you know, sort of saying, is he okay? Mm -hmm. What should we do? Yeah, And Creed has one of those lines, Jenna, that made John break. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's
1: a classic Creed line. Phyllis says, I hope he's okay. I feel bad. Creed says, give it up. He's dead. Jim says, he just sent a text. Creed goes, what's a text? What's a text? (laughs) Like, sent everyone
0: into laughing fits. That aspect of Creed's character was John's kryptonite. Yes. Yeah. The you're
1: not real. You're not real. What's
0: a text? Yeah. (laughs) Like he loved that stuff. Well, we do eventually find Michael. He is sitting alone at a playground
1: in a black turtleneck with a black coat. He looks the sleekest he's ever looked.
0: Like, what is this casual outfit? I
1: know. And he has like nice jeans on with like appropriate sort of black dress shoes, kind of.
0: He's feeding full slices of bread to invisible birds. Yeah. I'll have you know this location alert. This was North Hollywood Community Center Park, where we shot this little bit of
1: Steve and his turtleneck. There's lots more in the deleted scenes. Oh, dear. Him talking to little kids, him trying to shoot baskets, like, yeah.
0: Michael explains in A Talking Head that, you know, sometimes he has to get away. He needs to get perspective. And we learn, like, he is
1: not okay. Right. But him imagining a spaceman on a star very far away. That might help him. That might help him. Get that perspective. Yeah,
0: back in the office, Dwight is still trying to get Phyllis's signature. She's on this the
1: form. only one. She's the only one that hasn't
0: signed. So guess what? Delivery. There's a delivery man. Yeah, who has come in in a very, I would say, noticeably generic uniform. Mm-hmm. There's a package for Phyllis. For Phyllis, but she has to sign for it. Yeah, I loved this gag. She signs the clipboard and as soon as she signs, the clipboard like disappears from the man's hands. It's got a
1: like one of those chains and it's being dragged away. The pin has a chain to the clipboard.
0: And it's Dwight over in the hallway. He got his signature.
1: He did. Well, this was a fun cameo played by our very own producer, James Carey. Yes, James Carey, who's been helping us out on the podcast. Yeah. This is him. If you wondered what he looked
0: like, there he is.
1: There he is. James was on the show the whole time. Yeah, he was with us from the very beginning. From the very beginning. So it was really fun to have him on stage with us filming. And we reached out to him and asked him about this moment.
0: James said that he never asked to be an actor on the show. And one day he just got this random phone call from Ben, who worked in Allison Jones' office. Ben was Allison's casting associate. And he told him, we have a role in stress relief. There's one line. We'd like you to play it. And James was like, yes, of course I said yes. And this was just, you know, this was just a cool thing that Greg and Allison would do from time to time. They would feature
1: longtime crew members in the show. Well, we would always get really excited. And James told us that... For him, the day on set was really fun, exciting. I mean, he'd, he'd worked for a long time in the entertainment industry, but he said when you're in front of the camera and other people are depending on you to hit your mark and deliver your dialogue, all of a sudden he got really nervous. <laughs> And he said he was expecting a little more directing because he's not an actor at all. But they didn't really give him much. They are just like, go there. (laughs) Say your line. But he did say after one or two takes, Jeff Blitz suggested to him, maybe look like you're up to something. Mm. You know, give it a little something. And he's like, I think that's the take they used. (laughs) But his whole family saw it
0: because it was on after the Super Bowl. Yes. But James said when they first said, we've got a role for you. It's one line as a delivery man. He didn't realize it was for the stress relief episode. Yeah. So when he said yes, he just wasn't putting it together that he was saying yes to the Super Bowl episode. He said his dad was particularly excited. And when he told his brother and sister at first, he said he thinks they didn't believe him. They thought he was kidding. Yeah, yeah.
1: He said they were like, yeah, sure. You're going to be on. Yeah, whatever.
0: And then there he was. He was on it.
1: Well, the episode is wrapping up, and so is the movie, Mrs. Albert Hannity. Mm -hmm. Andy's moved to tears. He's watching Jack Black and Cloris Leachman break up. Yeah, she's very slowly moving up the staircase
0: in her Mm -hmm. special motorized chair. And he's crying, saying, hit reverse. So I shared last week that we shot this on location at a house in West Los Angeles. Randy told me the house already had this chairlift. We did not install it. I would think that they scouted
1: a house with a chairlift.
0: He also said that because they wanted this mini film to really look like a real movie, we shot the Mrs. Hannaday sequence on film. Dang! It was our first time shooting something for our show on film. We normally used the digital cameras. We even had a cam film camera And since they only had one day to shoot all these scenes, Jeff Blitz and Randall Einhorn did a full blocking rehearsal with stand-ins where they planned out every single shot. They created official storyboards just like you do on a film. And Randy even sent us pictures. Yeah. And they exactly match the mini movie. There's a woman who's standing in for Cloris Leachman, kind of slowly moving up the staircase. And that is how they were able to get mm-hmm. this elaborate shoot done on film, which normally takes a lot longer than shooting on digital. They could do it in one day.
1: Yes. So Randy sent us pictures of how they staged it. And it was so fun to see them because Anna, who was in charge of locations, played Jack Black. Yes. And then Jasmine, <laughs> who was our second AD, plays Cloris Leachman. So we'll have to put one of those pictures in. In our stories, it was fun to see their faces.
0: In addition to wrapping up the movie storyline, we're going to find out what exactly Jim said to Pam's dad.
1: Yeah, Pam's dad comes to the office and they have this whole conversation in the parking lot. Now, we can't hear it, we Mm -hmm. see it, but we don't know what they're saying.
0: We had a fan question from Stephanie P. What did Pam say to her dad in the parking lot? There was never any dialogue for this in the script. This was always a silent spy shot. In fact, here's what it said. It said, Jim's POV, Pam is talking with her father. The conversation goes back and forth. Pam looks angry. The dad says something. She looks up at Jim with tears in her eyes. The dad leaves, and Pam walks back inside.
1: So you guys just had to fill in the blanks there.
0: We did. Now, Pam's dad was played by Rick Overton, And he will be back again in Niagara. And Rick is actually a really funny guy. He's like an improvisation comedy veteran. He's also a writer. He won an Emmy for writing an episode of Dennis Miller Live. So it's funny to me how we would cast people with great pedigree to stand and do a silent POV shot in the parking lot. Yeah. But that was because this is a big role, Pam's dad. If we bring him back, we need to make sure this person has the chops to go the distance. Yeah. And Rick was great. And we just improvised dialogue. We just improvised what he might be saying to her that would cause her to be hurt. It it was mostly a spin on, like, I'm sorry, but I need to leave your mother, you know. He knew that scripted line that Pam says later, and he would say that to me, and I would look up at the window and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. But he was great, and by the way, he reached out to us because he knew we were coming up on this episode, and he said, if you would not mind, would you tell people that I have a new improvised stand-up special called Rick Overton's Set List, and you can find it through Comedy Dynamics. Oh, nice. And we can put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. That's great. Well, this all leads us into this Pam talking head that gets quoted back to me all the time. It's a very
1: sweet talking head. It is.
0: Pam says, when you're young, you assume your parents are soulmates. Her kids are going to be right about that.
1: Yeah. Andy overhears it, throws papers in the air, because he's like, his whole running bit is that Pam and Jim are sort of relationship geniuses and that they can see all of this stuff happening in a movie that he can't see. Yes. <laughs> this deep relationship-like storyline that he just can't see, because it's not there, Andy. No. No. He
0: says he would never be insightful enough to be a movie critic, but he could maybe be a food or art
1: critic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm Here comes Michael in his black turtleneck and his black coat. I'm still, like, obsessed with this outfit. He said he spent the afternoon in the park trying to feed pigeons, but I guess they'd all flown west for the winter. Yeah. And he just had some thoughts he wanted to share with everyone. Pam says what? Mm-hmm. And he said, I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget.
0: Oh, boy. Here it comes. This is the Boom Roasteds. (laughs) It is. Boom Roasted. (laughs) So, you know, I told you that Halstead Sullivan came up with the idea for the roast storyline. Yeah. I had to know who came up with Boom Roasted. Who did? All right. I got a hot tip that it might be Justin Spitzer or Gene Stubnitsky. Okay. I reached out to them. And? Nope. Nope. They thought maybe... It was Charlie Grandy. Oh, was it? I don't have Charlie's info. Oh. So I reached out to Jen
1: Salata. Plot
0: thickens. I said, Jen, do you know if Charlie Grandy wrote Boom Roasted? Yeah. These are the emails I exchange with people I
1: know. Oh, I know.
0: Jen said, I think so, but let me text him. And then I just love Jen Salata so much. I know. She writes me back, Boom Roasted was Charlie! Three exclamation points. (laughs) We did it. So I wrote Justin, and I said, Justin, it was Charlie Grandy. And he said, great, I would like some credit on the podcast for sending you down the right road. I said, you will get it.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Thank you, all of you guys. I know, I know. I had to know. Boom Roast. Roasted, it's Who so did famous. Boom roasted? Charlie Grandy. Charlie Grandy. Well, I think we need to hear these. I'm going to read them to you. Michael says, Jim, you're 6'11 and you weigh 90 pounds. Gumby has a better body than you. Boom, Roasted. <laughs> Dwight, you're a kiss-ass. Boom, roasted. Pam, you failed art school. Boom, Boom roasted. roasted. Meredith, you've slept with so many guys, you've started to look like one. Boom, roasted. Kevin, I can't decide between a fat joke and a dumb joke. Boom, roasted. Creed, your teeth called. Your breast stinks. Boom, roasted. Angela, where's Angela? Oh, there you are. I didn't see you there behind that grain of rice. Boom, roasted. Stanley, you crush your wife during sex and your heart sucks. Boom, Boom. roasted. Oscar, you are gay. Boom, (laughs) Boom. roasted. Andy, Cornell called. They think you suck and you're gayer than Oscar. Boom, Boom. Roasted. roasted. Well, now Stanley is cackling.
0: Hysterically laughing. He can't
1: stop laughing. I mean, it's egging Michael on. He's laughing. Everyone seems to have turned a corner.
0: Michael is very good at roasting, I guess.
1: And Michael has a talking head that wraps up the whole moment. He says, they say that laughter is the best medicine. So Stanley, you can throw away those pills. You are cured. Actually, you know what? You should, you you better hold on to those pills just in case.
0: Well, lady, I had a lot of fun looking at the candy bag alternates for this as well. Oh, what do you got? Oh, okay. So first of all, with a lot of characters, they had a lot of roastable things. Your character of Angela Martin, every roast is a spin on hiding behind a grain of rice. Everyone, (laughs) It was so funny to me. They clearly came up with that idea, I couldn't see you behind that grain of rice. And they were like, that's it. We're not going to do better than that. Because there were some slight alternates, but it always ended with, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't see you behind that grain of rice, (laughs) which was very funny to me. Here are a few of the alternates that stood out to me. Oh, Pam, did you not hear me through that dirty mop you call hair? Boom, (laughs) roasted. Oh, my God. And this one. They say people tend to be attracted to people who look like themselves, so I don't know what happened with Jim and Pam. Their kid's going to look like a pair of stilts with boobs. Have fun giving birth to that, Pam. Boom, (laughs) roasted. this is my favorite. There's a whole page of Toby boom-roasted. Oh, my gosh. But they are all... Just Michael telling him to F off and that he hates him. Here's an example in all caps. Toby, f you. I hope you die. Boom roasted. <laughs> That's it.
1: Oh. Well, the episode's going to end with our movie, Mrs. Albert Hannity. And it's a real surprise ending. Yeah. Big twist at the end. Twist. Jack Black is Sam. He's returning to Lily's house, played by Chloris. He's got flowers and a walking cane in his hand. Yeah. He's running up to the front door.
0: Mm-hmm. As he gets there, he looks through the window. She's with another man, another young man.
1: Yeah, and they are in the throes of passion. It's
0: very, very, very much of a love scene.
1: It's a make-out. It's a big make-out. It's a real big make-out.
0: The man she is making out with is our writer's assistant, Nate Fetterman. Nate? We had to know, how did you get this job? He sent in this audio clip, and I promise you, you will hang on his every word.
2: Hi, my name's Nate Fetterman. I was one of the writer's assistants on stress relief, and I got to make out with Cloris Leachman. And this is my story. Originally, my part was supposed to be for Zach Efron, and there were actual lines, but he turned it down, and so did Corbin Blue. And Christopher Mintz plots and the day before it was supposed to shoot they hadn't cast it and all the lines had been cut and they really just needed somebody who was young uh, looking to make out with Claris Leachman they didn't have to be handsome or famous so enter me Paul Lieberstein and Jeff Blitz who was directing the episode pulled me aside at work and asked me if I was interested in doing the part and I'm not an actor. The last time I performed was in fifth grade. I was muddled the tailor and fiddler on the roof. And I froze in the middle of Wonder of Wonder, Miracle of Miracles, and the audience laughed at me and it was scarring. But I was really excited to earn five hundred bucks and residuals. So I said, sure, I'll do it. At the time I was so terrified of letting the show down. I was working with all these incredible Actors and actresses who actually knew what they were doing. And I just didn't want to screw things up for everybody. So I went home that night and I I told my girlfriend, now my wife about what I was going to have to do. And I was really scared. So I practiced with her and I didn't get much sleep that night. And then I woke up early the next day and I arrived on location and I was just terrified because I was so out of my element and I'm in hair and makeup and they're doing my hair. And all of a sudden I feel these hands running through my hair and i hear this voice go i hear that you and i are going to be doing some kissing later and i turn around and it's Cloris leachman and she's smiling at me and i'm like "Yep, yeah, we're going to be doing the scene together so then we go to the actual set and i'm riding in a van with Cloris leachman and jack black and jessica alba and these are you know big name stars and i'm the writer's assistant on the office and so out of my element And I'm just desperate not to seem like a total hack and screw things up for everyone. So eventually, it's it's time for the kissing scene with Cloris. And we're positioned on a couch. And she's sitting on my lap. And I have my arms around her. And we're talking. And it's very pleasant. And she's very nice. And she's telling me about her children. But then right before... We do the actual take. She gets real serious, you know, she's getting into character and she looks me in the eye and I'll never forget this. And she goes, when they call action, I want you to grab my ass and really get up in the crack. So when they called action, I grabbed her ass and I really got up in that crack <laughs> and uh, we did the scene. We shot it many times. They had to get it from a lot of different angles. So we ended up making out quite a bit. She did say a variety of other uh, <laughs> pretty raunchy things. She's an expert at Dirty Talk. But it was an amazing experience. And I'm incredibly grateful that my five seconds of fame were spent with an absolute legend like Cloris Leachman. And it's something that I always get a kick out of when I get to tell people.
0: Nate, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I mean, what an amazing story. Amazing. Hey, Nate, Zac Efron isn't available. What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. Can you do something for me real quick? Sure. What is it? It's just that scene where you make out with Cloris Leachman. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. I guess so. And you get 500 bucks. Yeah. And a great story. And a story for your lifetime. Yes.
0: You know what? In these kind of over-the-top moments, you have to go for it. And Cloris was saying, sweetie, I give you permission to go for it. You just grab sell my it. butt. Sell it. That's what the scene needs. And we can't be shy with each other. Yeah. We have to go for it. And I've been in situations with actors where we've given one another permission.
1: Yeah. And it's so helpful because it gets you out of your head. And you're like, okay, good. Now we can just... We Play the scene. With it. Have fun with it. I mean, you guys watch every single Dwight and Angela make out. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you just got to go for it. And on our set, I think we were so good about being like, okay, I'm cool with this. You do this. We're fine. You know, we communicated.
0: And I have to imagine you're with this legend performer, Cloris Leachman. I'd be timid. Yes. You've never met this person. Yeah. So for her to just be so fun and up for it like that and just to say, just say, do it, baby, do it. I love it. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Stress relief. Part two, do you feel less stressed? Have you had some relief of your stress after I, listening to this podcast, everyone? I, I hope.
1: hope so. I hope <laughs> our podcast doesn't stress people out. If we can leave anything with you from stress relief other than Boom Roasted, yep. it's ah. Uh, Uh, I was uh, just going to say that. Staying Staying alive, alive.
0: staying alive. Ah, 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 staying alive. Oh my God. That was, now people are stressed. We relieved their stress and then we gave it right back. I'm so
1: sorry. Start over. Start the podcast again. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for Lecture Circuit Part 1.
0: I can't wait. I have so many stories. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our show is executive produced by Cody Fisher. Our producer is Cassie Jerkins, our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer, and our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico.
1: Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE.
0: Three great words free
2: fries Friday especially when they're used in that exact order get a free medium fries with one dollar minimum purchase Bada Ba one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through twelve thirty one twenty four excludes tax must update to rewards.